We are going to start a collection of sermons on finances, and we're going to look at money, tithing, giving, finances. Uh, we're going to look at the wisdom that's found in God's Word and give practical uh, help on this. We do this every year, and I always feel like we have to get this right, um, because once we get this right, so much falls into place. When people find saving grace, then they need to find giving grace. It's like they find saving grace, and we see a lot of people saying yes to Jesus. And then as they mature and they figure this out, they grow in their giving grace. And many churches don't talk about this, um, but we do. And I, I'm excited about this. And I never thought that I'd be as excited to talk about this and to be able to talk about tithing and giving and kingdom builders. Um, the very first offering our church ever received, I didn't know what to do with it, so I gave it all away. I just, I didn't know what to do with it. I was so bad, I had no clue uh, what to do. And then I was like, wait a minute, we have bills. All right, what, what should we do? And, and it was at that point that we said, 10% of everything we get, we'll give to missions and we'll live on the 90%. We'll like tithe on your tithe. And we've been doing that ever since then. And so when you give to the church, we've been giving 10% to missions, and it was just trying to figure it out. But I, I love that we get to do this, the biblical wisdom that is here. And um, everyone that uh, tithes and already does this and, and gives a tenth of their income to the Lord and brings it to the local church is super excited about this service. There's, I've never met a tither that you're like, do you tithe? They're like, yeah. It's okay. I've never met one like that, you know what I mean? Usually when I meet a tithe, they're like, yeah, I can't believe, I, how does God do this and, and how has he been providing for me? And, and so tithers right now are super excited. So if you smile right now where I am, I'll think they're, they're a tither for sure, all right? So smile big. Some of you are laughing. You're generous givers, all right. <laughs> Proverbs chapter three, verses nine to 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I love this about honoring the Lord with our wealth and we'll get there in just a minute. But this first week, we're gonna talk about honoring him and giving him the first so the first can bless the rest. Now, before we get there, I just wanna admit where we are uh, in the world we're living in with COVID, with the chaos, with the, all that was going on and in 2020, we experienced it as a church just like everybody else. So we experienced that, you know, we were off to probably, well, really, we were off to our best year, January, February, just giving was taking off. It looked like, wow, what is this going to be? And then the COVID global crisis hit. And just like many of your income situations and all the things you're going through, our giving just fell. It fell down. And immediately we looked at it and said, Lord, what are we gonna do? How are, how's this gonna work out? Um, it was just a, a great opportunity that I, along with 15 other pastors, were able to uh, meet with Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, talk about churches qualifying for PPP money and different things like that. It just worked out. People were able to increase their uh, deductions. That all came from that meeting with Senator Tim Scott. And we're thankful for that. But we saw that go down. We made cuts, we made adjustments, and we did just like so many of you did. And then uh, we saw the recovery start to kick in, and we saw stability kick in. We saw the faithfulness of God's people continuing to tithe and, and figuring out how to use text to give as we worship from home for a while. And we saw that the income started to rebound. And I wanna let you know that we ended the year in the good. And I thank God for that with your faithful giving. And uh, I think God deserves praise for that, that our church was able to end the year in the good. Praise God. 
And with our kingdom builders, we had record miracle offering. And I was just, I was blown away as, as God once again used you and your generosity. Now, here's something that I noticed. I saw great peace rest on people that were, were living uh, according to God's word, living godly principles, honoring God with the tithe, honoring God with the over and above, living within their means and doing the things that, that, that the word of God says do. It doesn't mean that they'd have moments where they're like, oh boy, oh boy, but there's an overall peace in the midst of the storm. And I was thinking to myself, I would want that for every single person in our church. And for so many people over the years, one of the things that's helped them to be discipled and to grow is to be a part of Financial Peace University. They've been a part of that life group and learned what does the Word of God say about giving and investing and insurance and different things and all just so many different topics and having budgets and living within your means and overcoming greed and all these different things. And so we had been promoting Financial Peace University. Interestingly enough, there's a couple, Ed and Don, and they were part of our church and they were, we were small. The church was really small. And, and they, every opportunity to give, they gave. And every missionary that showed up, they gave. And every special project, they gave. And I was just like, wow, praise God, Ed and Don, man, they just keep giving and giving. I went out to eat with them at their home and I said, praise God, you guys have been very generous. They said, we weren't always like that. They said, we used to be way in debt. We had cars we couldn't afford, things we couldn't afford. We fought, we had stress. And then we heard about Financial Peace University, went to it got our life in order. We started following God's principles and it, it's changed us and we're living debt free and we're living blessed to be a blessing. And I'm thinking we need more Ed and Dons, you know, like we need more of them. And they said, can we teach that at River Valley? And then they started that and they started teaching it. Now people are teaching life groups all over the place and people are doing this. And um, it, it is it costs $130 to do this. And it's been something that we've had so many people go through well, recently, our oldest son, Connor, came to me and said, Dad, there's a new tool. Financial Peace University is no longer workbooks. It's actually going to be digital, and it's called Ramsey Plus. And there's a way that we could get every single person in our church through this. Now, stay with me. You're like, what is he doing? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give you something to be discipled. I'm trying to help people get set free. If the chaos of 2020 was bringing you down where most people didn't have $400 in an emergency fund to pay a bill that was unexpected, this could help get you free and move you forward with peace in the midst of the storm. And so he said, we can do this and we can do a, a special thing and it's all digital now. They're no longer selling the workbooks. We could do this and every single family in our church could do this. I was like, tell me more. He said, we could do this. It'll cost dollars per family instead of 130. We can get everybody through it. When I saw it, I, I, we investigated it, looked at it and we said, let's do this. And so the church, I want you to know, the church paid for every single family to be able to sign up for Ramsey Plus. Every single individual and family to sign up for this. That means you get Financial Peace University, you get How to Make a Budget, you get all the, all the things and more. I feel like an infomercial, but I'm just telling you, all right? It, it's all paid, yeah, but wait, there's more. All right, yeah, no. It's all good, it's all right there. I mean, the mom who was wondering, how can I pay for this? Because it's $130, but I need help. It's already been paid for. The family that's too prideful that says, we can't let people know that we're in debt. We don't want to, you know, now it's already paid for. You can do it in the comfort of your home. You could also join a group that will be at the end of this. The, the college student that's trying to figure out, what am I going to do with this debt that's here? You can develop great habits. The young married that's trying to figure out, how am I going to dig out of debt? Caleb and Rachel Moore on our team. He, he, he helps me on the service. He produces our services. 
they, they have already dug out of $90,000 of debt. They've, they've eliminated $81,000. He's like, we got 9,000 left to go. This is, this is something that you could be a part of just like them. We had a family at uh, Apple Valley campus eliminated $110,000 worth of debt. I don't know the family at Shakopee campus, but they called into Dave Ramsey's uh, show and they did the, we're debt free. And he asked them what church, River Valley. I was like, who was that? You know? Praise God, we want that for people and we want you to get this in, in order. So you could text the word Ramsey to 94,000. I did it, you could follow the prompts. It'll have you sign up, make an account. It's easy to remember, Ramsey to 94,000. That's like our number now, 94,000, all right? Or you can go to the uh, webpage, rivervalley.org slash Ramsey and you can sign up for it. There's no catch. It's one year paid for, one year. So you have one year to get through these different courses and different things and implement these tools. It's all paid for. It cost thousands of dollars. I'm just letting you know, it wasn't like $8. It was thousands of dollars. And we did this to be, we wanna, we want you to understand we wanna bless and invest. And so people that have already tithed to the church, people that have already given are helping other people get set free right now because they've already paid the bill and they're enabling you to do this. And so I say thank you for that. We need more Ed and Dons. All right. So if I could recommend one class, it'd be Financial Peace University. I would recommend that. If I could recommend one book for you to read ever about giving, it would be The Blessed Life by my friend Robert Morris. It'd be this book right here. And I'm going to use some of the stuff from here. Of course, it all lines up with the Word of God. Um, nobody's organized it better than Robert Morris. I was with 20 different pastors the last couple of weeks. I said, do you got anything new on giving? They're like, man, Robert, just, there's just, God has just done something with Robert's life and put this all together. So today, I, I do have something I want to share from the Word of God. Some of you are ready for it. You're like anxious. You're ready. But be sure to sign up for uh, Ramsey Plus and get your life in order there. Um, today, the first blesses the rest. What does that mean? As a Christian, God must be first. It seems so obvious. I mean, he saved us. We're serving him. We're living for him. We're going to spend eternity with him. And he must be first. He must be first. If he, he, he says, I would first, you'll have no other gods before me. He, he's first in our life. And we live differently when we say yes to Jesus. We're forgiven and we are living in relationship and God must be first. And in life, one way that we get to live this out is the principle of first fruits. I read the scripture to you, Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Solomon, the wisest king of Israel, wrote this. He had plenty of money, and he realized this, that when you honor God with the first fruits, with the first of your increase, with the first things that come in, and you bless God with it, he takes care of you. The first has the ability to bless the rest. And the word honor here, it implies the word weighty. And it really means like when we honor the Lord, we're saying there's a weightiness to you. You, the scale tips in your favor. It's all in your favor. And when I honor you, I, I let people know that you're first in my life. And there's a weight to this because you are above all else. We say we honor the Lord with our first fruits. It was the first portion of one's crops. Could you imagine? I can't imagine being a farmer. I've never been a farmer. I, I, I thank God for farmers. I, I, I just know like knee high by the 4th of July for the corn. You know, that's about it. And I'm praising God for sweet corn coming our way. All right. And, but I, I thank God for the farmers. But could you imagine? God says, now the first of everything that happens, honor, honor me with that. When you get the first, like you've been fighting 
you know, locusts and you've been fighting hail and you've been fighting drought and you've been fighting all this. And when the first things come in, give that to me. Could you imagine a farmer? You're like, oh man, first, how about second? How about second? How about we put a little in our storehouse? Then we give it to God. And God's like, no, honor me with the first fruits. Honor me with this and, and, and put this. So the parallel to us, because we're not farmers, would be the first of our income, the first tenth. And this giving of the first fruits, it's like a thankful acknowledgement to God for his provision. That we're saying we recognize everything we have comes from you. We depend on you and everything we have comes from you. And we honor you with this first fruit, this first tenth, this tithe. So we give God the first, and this precedent was established all throughout the Bible that God gets the first. He owns the first. It's all his, and, and he's saying, I want the first. In Exodus 13, 2, it says, consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. He says, it's mine. I declare it. It's mine. Give it to me. In he continues in his Exodus 13, verse 12. He says, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem them with a lamb, every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. And he's saying, it belongs to me, it belongs to me, and it's mine, and so I want you to redeem it. I want you to make a sacrifice. And when you have that animal, you, you sacrifice that. If you have one that is unclean, you redeem it with a clean animal, and you say, it's mine. If you have a child, you don't sacrifice that child, you actually redeem it with an animal, and you say, it belongs to you. Thank you, God, for our first. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's interesting, God gives his only begotten son, his firstborn, Jesus, to redeem those that needed to be redeemed. It's an amazing parallel when you think about it. It's an amazing parallel there. That's why John the Baptist could say, when he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God was sending his firstborn. The first belongs to God. We find this principle all throughout the, the word of God. Leviticus 27, verse 30, a, a tithe, a tithe. The word tithe means 10th. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. We read in Exodus 23, verse 19, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. So it requires this faith to give the first and so a principle that we practice at our church, a principle that we see throughout the word of God is we bring the first tenth and we say, God, we're bringing it to the storehouse. We're bringing it to your house, God's house. God established the church and we're fueling the mission of the local church, bringing it. And we're saying, God, the first tenth, the first tenth goes to you. Not in, just in case we, uh, at the end, we have a little leftover. We're at 6.5. We'll give you that. No, the first tenth. And this principle requires faith and we're moving forward and it's interesting, it, it, the word of God says, the first tenth belongs to me, the first fruits belongs to me, it's his. And when Robert Morris was here uh, preaching years ago, um, he was at our church preaching this message years ago. He said, um, he used this illustration, I'll use it. He said, imagine I use Pastor Rob's car. I say, hey, Pastor Rob, I need to use your car. And he said, and I go and use Pastor Rob's car. And he goes, and then at the end of the day, I go up to him and I say, hey, I just wanna give you this car. I just wanna bless you with this car. He said, what would he think? And I'm sitting there in front of her like, I own it. That's my car. You're just giving me back my car. I'm not like, hey, you could praise me because I'm giving you back your car. I'd be like, okay, note to self, don't borrow him the car. You know, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Right? It, it, 
When we give back to God the 10th, we are just honoring him. It's all his. We're saying, God, I give it back to you. I honor you. I place you in the position of honor. Nobody's sounding off any, you know, alarm, you know, hey, woo, you did it. It's, but you're thanking God and you're saying, I honor you. This belongs to you and I don't want to keep it. I want to give it to you. I honor you. And as I honor you with that, that first 10th has the ability then to bless the rest. That's how people say, I give to God 10%. And he, and, he, and he blesses the 90. And the 90 goes further than 100 without his blessing. It, 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 you're, you're saying, God, I give you this first. And when I give you this first, you will take care of it. You will bless the rest. Listen to what Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. The first blesses the rest. The first, you give it back to God, and God's like, now you trust me, now you honor me, now I will pour open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. I want his blessing on my life. I want his blessing on my finances. And so I've always said, God, I give you that first tenth, and I do that, and I, I joyfully, I do it, and I give God because he blesses the rest. When I was in uh, communist China, I was on a global team and we were there and we were meeting with some students and we get done and they were all Communist Party members and at the end of it, you know, we're just dialoguing about different things and, and I said, at the end, I said, hey, I want you to know, I, may, may Jesus Christ, may God bless you. And the guy looked at me and he's like, trying to figure out what to do with that one and he goes, may the Communist Party bless you. <laughs> he got the better blessing. How many know what I'm talking about, right? So if you give the first tenth to your mortgage, it can't bless you. If you give it to Chevy, it can't bless you. If you give it to Lifetime Fitness, it can't bless you. Do you understand? The first blesses the rest, and I'm giving the first to God and returning it to him and say, God, now that I've done that, you bless the 90 that you've left in my hands, and I'll be obedient with that 90 that you've left in my hands, but I give this to you, and your blessings will pour out on me. Now, I've been around the church long enough that every time I do this, I hear objections and I want to answer those. And some of you are like, I didn't even know there were objections. I'm so excited to try this. Praise God for that, all right? But people will say, well, we're, we're living in grace now. That's Old Testament. We're living in grace. We are living in grace, correct, because of Jesus. John 1.17 says, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Okay, the tithing of 10%, the first fruits, it's still good in grace. First of all, the tithe was introduced and practiced prior to the law. In Genesis 14 and Genesis 28, people were responding to God by tithing and giving him a tenth before he ever did the law. There was a relationship. There was a covenant relationship between God and Abraham, and there was a giving of the tenth. The grace of Jesus doesn't lower the standard, secondly. And so when we live in grace giving, the law used to say, don't murder. And then Jesus elevates it and says, don't be angry with your brother. The law said, don't commit adultery. Jesus elevates it and says, don't look lustfully. And so I look at it this way. If the law was saying, do this amount, then I'm going to start as that as like training wheels. And I'm going to go up from there. Grace giving goes above and above. 
And it's interesting, every time I, I have somebody come, well, that, that's Old Testament, and they want to argue, I'll say, well, what percentage do you do? Is it like 25? They're always like 3.2. You know, I mean, I, you know, they, there's usually an anger they want to give less. And I'm like, well, don't you want to give more? I mean, and, and Jesus seems to have affirmed the tithe during his ministry in Luke 11. And this isn't law, it's life-giving. I love the attitude that says, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do, I, I love to do this. I'm excited to do this because I'm living for God. He's first in my life. If this is what he wants, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna fuel what he's doing. I can't wait to do this. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to do this. I get to do this. Now, I wanna illustrate this because we come to uh, the tithe with so many different thoughts. Okay, we have so many different thoughts Like we come in. And by the way, every time I, I share this, I thank God that we get to give. We get to give. We get to do this. I thank God for a way of taking something tangible in my life and giving it and fueling the mission of what he's doing. And I thank God for that. And it doesn't stop there. We'll continue to talk about where it goes in the weeks to come. But I want to illustrate something because we all come at tithing from different backgrounds. And I, I thought of all the things I could answer. I get so many questions in this series. People say, what if I want to tithe and my spouse doesn't want to tithe? Well, do you have an income? Can you tithe that? What if this? What if that? I mean, people just start asking all, because we, we come at it from all different angles. And I'm reading a book right now. It's a secular book. It's called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Okay. I'm reading this and I, I read a lot of books about this. I try to read a couple books on money every year. I'm trying to get it right. And there's an interesting um, statement that he makes. He says this, your personal experiences with money make up maybe 0.0000001% of what's happened in the world, but maybe 80% of how you think the world works. So we all, in this room, in that campus, online, wherever you are, we all have a different perspective about money, and we all have different experiences. And he talks about the time you were born, the place you were born, where the economy was at, what politically was happening, what was going on, uh, the personal victories and setbacks, they all bias us. If you're old enough to have grandparents that lived through the Great Depression, that had a bias on them, that had an effect on them, when my grandma and grandpa uh, passed away years ago, it took us weeks to clean their house. She had saved every pie tin. She, she had saved every Campbell's label. Like we had a little contest at school and she had like 500 Campbell's labels. Who saves the labels? Grandma, okay, you know? We, we, we went through every gift that my grandfather had given her, every 20 or $50 bill that he had given her. She didn't spend it on a gift on herself. She put it in a jar. We couldn't throw away any jars or cans or anything. We had to open up every one. We're like, hey, $500, you know? Okay, you know, over here, 24, you know? There was money everywhere. We had to cut the mattress. I mean, it was like, you know. <laughs> you know what? Her experience put something on her. Right now, I'm wondering what's gonna happen in a COVID world. What's gonna happen to people right now Okay, that's why I've just said, I've decided to live above the clouds and I, I'm probably gonna preach a message on that. I'm just living above this. I just have refused to, to live in it. I'm like living above it, all right? And that's just the way I just decided to live, all right? But there are people that are going to be affected by scarcity and, and what happened to them and maybe they lost their job or lost their home or lost this and, and things happened. 
And, and there are other people that took money and put it in the stock market and they're like, woo, the best year ever. And they're like, I wonder if there's another crisis coming. Okay, do you understand? That's the bias. And all this fuels into the way that we look at this. But the beautiful thing about tithing is it takes wherever we're at and it brings us to Jesus. Let me show this to you, okay? When we start to tithe, and we have the tithe in the middle, all right? These are the different things we think. Once I get my money right, I will do it, right? And that's just self-help, okay? But once you start tithing, you say, God, you help me. My money's a mess, and I want, to, I want your help. And, and you start to tithe, and all of a sudden, whatever bias you brought to this, God starts to heal and to minister. There's others that say, hey, it's all mine. It's all mine. And you're greedy. You're greedy. And then all of a sudden, you start to tithe. And you know what? Generosity starts to fight against the greed in your life. Okay? It's all different for all of us. There's others that say, I make so little, I can't do this. And fear is the thing that is holding on to you right now. You start to tithe. And you know what happens? Faith starts to take control of your life. It's interesting. No matter, you say, that can't work, so I won't do it. Doubt. You just say, it can't work, so I won't do it. Doubt. And then all of a sudden, you start to tithe, and trust starts to grow in your life each time. Others, you say, that's a lot of money, and you're prideful. And God says, humble yourself. I'm the one that gives you the ability to earn wealth. And you become a different person when you start to tithe. Isn't it interesting? No matter what bias, no matter what background, no matter what experience we bring, God asks all of us to bring it there and honor him by giving him the first tenth. And when we do that, the, the love of God starts to flow in us. The faith, all these things start to overcome the things that maybe our family put in us, our circumstances, a crisis, our location, our upbringing, our losses, and our gains. And God says, you know what? You start to tithe, and I'll minister to each of you differently. I'll tell you what. I want to take my point zero 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 one percent of my knowledge of money, and I want to bring it to the infinite knowledge of God. And I want to say, I trust you. I trust you. That, that your word is true and that when you say in Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches, the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to say, you open your account. I trust you. I'll bring my infinitesimal percentage to your infinite wisdom all day long and I will trust you. And I'm asking as we start this that we would have the faith that the next pay period that we have, the next paycheck that you get, the next, you just jump right in. You say, oh, that was me, that was me, that was me, that, wherever you are, and you say, God, help me to overcome that. Help me to honor you with the first fruits. Help me to have, may this bless the rest of my life, and may I live living that the 90% is blessed way more than the 100% that I would keep in my own hands. So God, I just pray right now that we would realize this, that the first can bless the rest. And you loved us. Before we ever did anything good, you sent your son. Matter of fact, the Bible says, while we were still your enemies, you loved us so much that you sent Jesus. You responded. You, you, you acted first. You did it first. And so now, because we're living for you, I pray that we'd respond in this way. It's just one of the tangible ways we can do this. 
And we would say, God, we honor you with the first fruits. We honor you with the tenth. We honor you with that. And whatever it is that's keeping us with the bias from our family, whatever we've been going through, may you overcome that. And may, through this obedient act of doing this, may new godliness grow in our life. May new characteristics grow in our life. May we be able to pass on to the next generation the good things of God rather than the bad things that our family or our circumstances, our environment placed within us. Lord, we honor you with this. Give us the faith to do this, the obedience, the follow through. And as we do this, we trust you. You will open the windows of heaven and you'll pour out a blessing on us that we will not be able to contain. We believe that. And it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen.